0: You have the word of the Lord with you, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. Now I'm leaving off from chapter 1 for a little bit. The reason why I'm doing that is on my One Bible app, Version. They have the verse of the day. I normally don't use that as my verse of the week. I try to look through the scriptures. as I'm reading things and just try to do that. So they have a verse of the day. And they have individuals that kind of talk about that. And the other day, they had, uh, it was put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. Of the devil, so it was. It was a lady, and you know, anytime somebody starts talking about Ephesians, I'm going to want to listen to hear what they have to say. Well, I didn't listen very long, and I and I shut it down real quick. Okay. She got to talking about it, and she got to talking about the whole armor of God, and she sat there and she said, "Well, that's just a, a figure of speech, just a figure of speech." Just, and there was like kind of just figuratively saying that, hey, you know, well, I got to thinking about that, and she talked a little bit more, and I I didn't really pay attention. That's when I kind of shut it down. And we should be the same way in our lives. If we're listening to something or reading something, and it, it doesn't go along with what we know to be true, we need to do what? We need to shut it down real quick. Because God is not the author of confusion. So he doesn't want us listening to things like that that are going to kind of confuse us a little bit in, in what we're doing, you know, and what we believe in. That this is, you know, and I kind of told my wife about it, and I was just like, you know, I, I just wanted to, to try to speak about this. I don't know how long I'm going to be on this and go into We are going to talk about the whole armor of God. And we, we've learned, and you've heard me speak quite a few times about the whole armor of God. Roger has talked about it. Leroy has talked about it. And, you know, there's other things. I can't remember where we were one time, and they were talking about uh, feet washing. And they thought that feet washing wasn't right, that it's not something that you have to do. Feet washing. And we look at that and we see that feet washing is something that, you know, I I, I guess I could understand somebody saying that if it was just a few individuals that got together. But when it is our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that sits there and he takes his clothes, sets them to the side, girds himself with a towel and gets down on his knees and sit there sits there and washes the apostles' feet. And what does he say? As, "As I have done, you should do the same thing." Now that's something that's really important to me when Jesus does it and says that as I have done, you should do to one another. And for anybody to make light of that is, is not very good. Uh, Mabel and myself, we were listening to Shine. I know some people listen to it, some people don't. Uh, I know the church around the corner here is very big into Shine. They were the church of the week, the Living Stones right around the corner. They were the Shine church of the week. But they were making fun of the Lord's Supper and feet washing and I sent an email into them, and they answered me and said, Well, we're sorry Do you feel that way, but oh well, we're not changing our programming. I don't even listen to it anymore. It's not even a station on my radio, a preset on my radio. I stopped listening to it altogether. People make fun of things. When I looked at this, it's not just a figure of speech. And like I said, I did listen to it a little bit, and she goes, Well, you know, you've got to prepare your hearts, this and that, and everything. I understand that the armor of God is not a physical armor that we put on every day. Understand? We all, we all understand, don't we, that it's a spiritual armor that we put on each and every day as we go out into the world. But I want to just read, I'm going to read verses 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we understand that from Genesis to Revelation, our Bible is inspired by who? Inspired by God, isn't it? All these things are God-inspired. And I know some people try to read into things. And when it says... One, it says we are to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Because when we're going to go on, we're, we're going through some pretty good things. We're, we're in a battle each and every day of our lives. Whether we want to realize it, that we are in a battle each and every day of our lives. We're in a battle with Satan and darkness each and every day of our lives. You've heard me say, sometimes we don't realize that God and Jesus are working in the background. That we don't even see it. Okay, let let me kind of try to give you an analogy here. When you go see a play or something, or you go to a concert and everything, you see the play you see everything that's out there, and wow, the play is nice, the music is good, it's all staged and everything. But you don't realize how much prep and the things that are going on in the background to make all of this. And that's why I'm saying we don't realize that God is working in the background all the time to sit there and help us. And we don't even even realize it, what He's doing for us each and every day. And that's when we should be so thankful for everything. We should be thankful. We should be strong in the Lord. And we should look at the power of His might. Because it, it, with the power of His might, it's not only a spiritual power and a spiritual might, but it is a physical power and a physical might that He has. Be strong in the power of the might. The reason why I'm saying, we're not speaking of this figuratively. It's not a figure of speech. Because in verse 11, what does he say? What does he tell us to do? He says, put on. Put on. This is God-inspired. This is Paul writing a letter to the Ephesians. But it's not only to the Ephesians, but it's all to the saints. To the saints. Remember what it says in the first verse. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the oh, excuse me, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So, Paul in here in verse eleven is talking to the faithful in Christ Jesus. The Bible. From Genesis, is to, from Genesis to Revelation is for all eternity. It's just as good as when they were, it was happening back then. You know what I mean? Happening back then and it, as it is for us now as we look back on and read this and see that God inspired Paul to write, put on the whole armor of God. Now, this goes along with what I've been saying for a little bit of time now, Brother Roger, is that we cannot take little bits and snippets of the Bible. We have to take the whole Bible. You have to take this Bible as a whole. Genesis wrote, it's God-inspired. God-inspired all the words to be written here. And to say that you don't need a part of this Bible, to me, is saying, "I I don't need God. I don't need God because... God wants me to, no, nah, nah, I, I don't like that. That's what a lot of the preachers are doing today in the United States. They're taking little snippets, they're doing just, no, 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 I don't like that part of the Bible. That's really not helping me, so I, I'm not going to talk about that. Just like as we're reading Revelations, we got to... First Peter Second, Jude, Jude, Revelation, right? I could have sat there, Susie. I could have sat there and said, no, nah, let's don't read Revelation. You know, that's kind of... Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll go back into Matthew and start going because I think we started in Romans. We'll just go back to Matthew. So let's, let's, you know, yeah, that's kind of hard. It's kind of far out there and whatever. So, but that wouldn't have been right, is it? Isn't Revelation part of the Bible? Is it good for us all, all doctrine all, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof for incorrect for, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. I think I got it all right, so this scripture is given by inspiration of God, this is where we get it from, and it 's profitable for all these things that we can use, and when we look at it and Paul says, put on the, does it just say put on the armor of God? You can put on. Do we put on what we feel like putting on that day? He says, you need to put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, we understand fully. Satan doesn't play fair. Satan kind of changes the rules and this and that as they go along to fit what he's doing and whatever. But aren't, we, aren't you glad that we have Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever? He doesn't change, does he? He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We can, we can hold on to that. During our lives, we don't know how long our lives are going to be. But he's going to be with us during all this time. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Do you want to stand against Satan in the world? You can't do it on your own because he's telling you right here. You can't do it on your own. He says you need to put on that whole armor of God out into the world today if you want to stand against Satan. See, there's so many of us, and there's a lot of preachers that have, that have, over the years, that have sat there and tried to say that they could stand against that, but they've fallen. We see a lot of these TV evangelists, some of these others, they've fallen, because they trusted in themselves. Stand against the wiles of the devil. He's a cagey old creature, isn't he? he goes, he's going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour Who was he in Genesis? Who, who was he in Genesis? In the garden. He was a serpent. A snake. You know, we kind of had that saying, yeah, the guy's a snake in the grass. That means he was kind of sneaky and whatever. You know what I mean? So, and he's sneaky. And he's there trying to, to get us to fall. But if you're a child of God... What is a song we sing, Susie? Cast down, but not destroyed. I was listening to a song the other day, a contemporary Christian song. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. And that's true. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. I'm reading 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. How many times, Brother Roger, when you read in there that a new king came into, and what does it said? And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And then you get some of them. He did that which was right. And he was like his father David and whatever. And he took away all the high places, took away the groves and the different things. Got all of that. So we need to watch out. But we do know that, like I said, cast down but not destroyed. Sometimes we lose. Sometimes we win. But the one thing is, we know that we are going to gain the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In verse 13, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the the, the rulers of the darkness of this world, Against spiritual wickedness in high places. See, a lot of these things are, are spiritual. Because why, why? You know, you can say, Carl, Why? how can Dave say that? Because it says, for we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We can't see Satan. We know he's out in the world because the Bible tells us. He's out there in the world. You know, just like we can't see Him, but just like I said, we can't see Jesus anywhere in here, can we? Well, we know he's here because he told us he would be here. He's got same attributes, I think, that he is omnipresent, everywhere present and nowhere absent. His spirit is with us here today. and we're so thankful for that, because we look at this because we don't wrest it, but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. When we see these things that are going on all the time in this world, when we can see these things, when we see the LGBTQ, we see these transgenders, you know, and... It's a big thing here in the state of Indiana because they want the governor to sign a bill that they're wanting to pass that says that uh, you can only compete in sports with what was on your birth certificate. So if it says you were born a, a male, you cannot participate in female sports. We have to understand their agenda. Do we look at these things? If we look at it, Bill, uh, we see it's all these men that are saying, I want to be women so they can compete in sports, so they can win prizes, right? We don't see a whole lot of Gary women that say they're men to compete in sports, Because we know that our, our physical being, that, that a, a, a man is built to be stronger than a woman, to be faster than a woman. So it's not right. So we see these spiritual wickedness in high places. They're trying to corrupt what our minds physically think of, you know. They're trying to indoctrinate us. In our schools and our kids, they're trying to indoctrinate us to believe that these things are okay. That it's all right that these things are going on. But we know and we understand that this is not right. It's going against the law of the Bible. Because he says what? In the Bible, what does it say? He created a man and he created a woman. There's not no other or anything like that. So when we when we look at it in verse eleven, he says, put on the whole armor of God. When we get down to verse thirteen, he says again, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And we've done all. We've sent our life. We're going to be able to stand. Stand. Isn't it awesome when we can look at it? So, you've heard me say before, when we, when we see it one time when it says to do something, as in verse 11, to put on the whole armor of God, but then down in verse 13, it says again, take unto you the whole armor of God. So, This becomes to me to not mean just a figure of speech. It's telling us that we should do this. Now, we fully understand that we're not putting on a physical armor, but we're putting on a spiritual armor. And we go over these spiritual armor that we're going to put on. One thing I want us to notice and to understand is that We as Christians, because we're strong in the Lord, right? And the power of his might. What are we going to do? We're going to go forward. We're going to go forward to the battle. We're not going to retreat. Because remember what I said? We're not fighting Satan on his terms. We're fighting Satan with the army of the living God. We're putting on that whole armor of God. We're not fighting him alone anymore. We're not fighting him on his terms because we have Jesus Christ with us as we go into that battle. And we're going forward because all of these pieces of the armor are on the front, not on the back. Romans 8, what does it say? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? God is for us. Who can be against us? And when we put on this whole armor of God, God is for us. All of these things. We're going to be able to withstand. Look Look at all these things. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. You know, if we look at these things, these, the spiritual armor of God, we're putting on Jesus Christ, aren't we? Because having your loins girt about with truth, your loins are right in here, right around in here. So we're having our loins girt about with truth. Jesus Christ says what? I am the way. I am what? I am the truth. So when we're girded about with our loins, he's protecting that central area. Because we know in in, in this area here is, is a lot of our organs and whatever that can hurt us. But he's saying, you know what? Stand therefore. Isn't it awesome when we look at it? Look at verse 11. That you're going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. In verse 13, it says that be able to withstand and having done all to what? Stand. Stand. Stand fast. In our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and in verse fourteen, he look at his stand. Therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate is covering this area of us. What's the main? What's the main uh, organ that we have if we go from here to here? What's the main organ? What is it? Heart. Heart. So, that breastplate of righteousness. And we know that what? Our own righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. We are clothed upon with the righteousness of who? Jesus Christ. See what I'm saying? We look at this stuff. The breastplate of righteousness. So we have That righteousness of Jesus Christ, He's protecting our heart. Because He knows that's it. You know, because as a child of God, you know, He's taken away our old heart, hasn't he? In the regeneration. He takes away our old heart and gives us the new heart. So he's protecting that new heart that he's given unto us. Isn't it awesome? and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When he talks about, on the Sermon of the Mount, I wish I could remember, but you know what it talks about? The gospel of peace. We're going to be the peacemakers. Our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Remember, we talked about that in... In verse 1, in chapter 1, you know, after that, you, you heard, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. It's that gospel. It's the gospel. The gospel is what? The good news. The good news of Jesus Christ. You know, when we've got that, we're going out, our feet shout in preparation, the gospel of peace. We're... Supposed to go out into the world and be good witnesses for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Witnessing the gospel and the good news of what Christ has done for each and every one of us. Isn't it awesome when we can see that? How he's there. You know, in, in the Old times, it says that his word, thy word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my soul as we go out in, into the world. Isn't it awesome? as we do this. Above all, verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. He's given us that shield of faith. That faith. For by grace are you what? Saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we look at that. The shield of faith. We need to have that. Because it's, it's, it's one, of, the only one of the pieces of the armor of God that we're able to move around, aren't we? And we can sit there and we can, boom, he's going to come at us from the side, he's going to come at us from this, side. we can move around, up, down, whatever. We can, so that we can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. That word quench means to put out. Put out all the fiery darts of the wicked. Because they're going against you. Satan's throwing these things at you all the time. Because, see, he he thinks that he can get us to deny our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But it can't happen. Not at all. Because we've gained the victory. Remember Romans 8. Remember we talked about that? I'll get there real quick. So, in verse 30, it says, Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? We gain the victory. So, That's why, but we still have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might as we go out into the world today because Satan still thinks he can get you. Still thinks that he can get you. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Take the helmet of salvation. That's what I'm saying, salvation. We received salvation through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We put that on the head to protect us. Because that's... He knows the thoughts and intents of our heart, doesn't he? And that's why we need this to protect our head, so that we can keep our thoughts in the right direction. Because remember, even Satan, what did he try to do to Jesus? After he had been 40 days in the wilderness, and afterward was hungry. What does he say, Susie? If thou be the Son of God. So we got to preserve our thoughts because he's going to come at us and he's going to say the same thing. If you're a child of God, Brother Roger, if you think you are, are you a child of God? He's going to try to cast that doubt within us. We need to protect our mind as we can... Can keep our thoughts pure because he's going to try to get inside our head. Have you ever heard that that saying? Yeah, so-and-so tried to get in my head. He's trying to get in your head. Don't let him do it. Satan's trying to get in your head. Don't let him do it. Have on that helmet. The helmet of salvation. And I guess I was wrong. We do have another one. Susie, I, I, I guess I was wrong. We do have another piece of the armor that we can use that we can move around with it. You know, because you realize, now, I've got the shield in one hand that's going to quench all the fiery dust, the shield, and then I'm going to have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Why do we need, this is why we need to be rooted and grounded in the Scripture. Because Satan's going to come against us. And if we look, and I just talked about Jesus, the three times, what did, what did Jesus use to repel Satan? Scripture. Didn't he? Three times. Scripture says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Don't tempt the Lord or God. So we can see these things. So he's going, it's the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. That's why you hear sometimes, Leroy, Roger, myself, you know, you got your sword with you? This is it. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is why we not only need to read but study out the word and we can see these things. As I was talking to you about in 2 Chronicles and how Satan gets into these people and they, 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 they get their pride built on within them and they don't think they need God anymore. And even some of these people that were coming against Israel and Judah. He's gotta remember, and you go in the first Chronicle Second Chronicles, you're gonna see there's two separate entities. It's not all Israel. There's Israel, which I think is in the north, and Judah, which is in south, which I think was two and a half or three tribes, something like three. And they would come against him. And I was reading in it in the one, and he says, You know, all the gods of all these lands, this is how he cast doubt in your mind. He says, You know, have have any of these other countries and the gods of all these other countries have they have they been able to stop me? So don't let the king, I wish I could remember it, I'm gonna try to get that and bring it. You know, so don't let your god, don't let your king fool you that your God is going to be able to deliver you out of my hand. See? Satan was working through this guy. I think his name was Rab or something like that. Okay, So that's how he gets it. He's trying to put doubt. But the king was up there and all the people that were on the wall of Jerusalem. And the king said, don't answer this guy any word. Don't open up your mouth. Don't say nothing. That's what we need to be. Don't listen to Satan. you got the sword of the Spirit to help you. You've got this whole armor of God. Now, they don't really say this is an armor of God, but I think it's really a big part of it. Praying always. Praying always. That means, that doesn't mean you're praying 24 hours a day. Seven days a week. But you need to be in prayer always. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So he says that we're supposed to be praying what? in the spirit. Remember, I've, I've, I've I said before, and I want to say it again, it's not the posture, it's just doing it. It's not doing it. Some people think you have to be on your knees. Some people think, it said in Matthew chapter 6, in your prayer closet. doesn't have to be. You can be in your car. You can be anywhere. You can be on the job. I think Brother Rogers told me there's a lot of time a lot of those guys were really getting on him really bad when he worked in that steel place up in there. I'm sure Roger was in prayer a lot of the time up there. And I'm going to tell you what, I can unequivocally say that he would not have been able to persevere if he wasn't putting on that home armor of God. Sometimes we just know we have to have it on. And we do that. And it's just awesome. Praying in the Spirit and watching thereunto with perseverance. We need to persevere in prayer. Perseverance and supplication for all saints. For all saints. That's why... Brother Roger, Brother Leroy, and myself, we said we need to be praying one for another. And in these other two verses, it's it's Brother Leroy, Brother Roger, and my request, what you can do for us. What you can do for us. Because the Apostle Paul says, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may... Open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, Brother Leroy, Brother Roger, myself, Brother Jimmy, Brother Zach, Brother Ray Hoggard, Herb Hadfield and everything, we're probably not in bonds. (laughs) We're not in bonds but in a way we are. We bound ourselves to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what I want us to to maybe take from today is don't let people tell you that it's just a figure of speech, the things that are in here. As we're talking about the armor of God, as we're talking about Lord's Supper and feet washing, some of it do the Lord's Supper. But if you look at it, What does it say in in the one gospel? After supper, he took a basin of water. So don't let people try to tread on you, shall we say, in your beliefs. And that they might make you think that what you do isn't part of Scripture. Because I believe we're a Bible believing, Scripture believing church. And when we have our Lord's Supper and feet washing, that it's according to the Scripture that's here. Stand fast in what you believe in. I thank you for your kind attention this morning. Does anybody have a song in closing? 3.14 3.14